Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pa, pa, pa. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the um, Office Carnage Odyssey, part three, I think. Mm. We're looking at um, Have a Good Dear Dear, which is a, a public information film from uh, the late 1970s, 1977, I think... Um, and it's all about how when you go to work, all the myriad ways that you can die or be <laughs> maimed or seriously injured or lose a limb or or that. And, it's, and it's, uh, it says it's just describes some of the more common hazards met within offices intended for all levels of office staff, including management. Feels like a horror film to me, to be quite honest. Definitely, yeah. Um, and we've only got as far as the bit where... It's a horror for me just watching people having to go and work in an office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we've only got as far as the office cunt turning up early by mistake and he's played by Don Brennan from Coronation Street and even that's pretty horrific. Uh, he's trying to educate the young lad in the office who's working there as well who's just started. He's turning him out to skive. To be... He's educating him in out to skive, isn't he? At Skive, yeah. Had to work um, effectively for himself. Yeah. Um, the young lad's got a poster about health and safety uh, he, f- he found under a pile of rubbish. And the lad puts the poster up on the wall and Don Brennan says, you wait till you've been here a while. You'll change. We all do. Yeah. And He's trying to train point, him in he... cynicism, isn't he? Yeah. Just at that point, a young lady enters the office. who was obviously one of their colleagues. And as she walks past Don Brennan's desk, he says, Morning, sugar lump. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is very much of its time. And she just ignores him, quite rightly. And he, he just goes, Please yourself. <laughs> <laughs> See, my mum, she's awful. I know we like. I can't stop talking about her when we do this because I just my experience of offices was hanging around yeah. in her offices when I was a kid. And she... if. Like she, she's like, or she's like worse than. I mean, my dad, I don't doubt, was an extremely toxic um, 
person in the workplace. Mm. Like, um, and that's not personal against him. I just think that probably all of his people of his age were all men, right? It yeah. was all that pinching asses and all that sort of stuff, right? Which, in mm. defence of our generation, Andy, right? Because now we're like, I can't remember what they call us, Generation X, I think, right? And like so. now we're we're often perceived as the bad guys, right? Like I was out with an old yeah. mate from school last night and he was telling me how his boss keeps having words with him about how he upsets and offends the younger members of the staff when they go out for drinks. And I'm going to him, why, mate? What oh. do you say? And he went, well, I'm not, <laughs> ide- I've no idea. They won't tell me. They won't go into specifics. <laughs> but I have to stop it. He goes, all they've said is... Could you please, I mean, last Christmas, the CEO took me aside and he said, maybe you should think about not coming to the Christmas party this year. And I said, why not? And he said, because you tend to get very drunk and then say things that upset the the younger members of the team. And I said, well, tell me what those things are. And he said, I don't want to go into it. So I promised him I'd go, but I'd rein in the drinking. Well, (laughs) it didn't work out like that. The CEO himself had to carry me and put me in a taxi out the door. (laughs) Right, and I'm like fuck's sake, and like that's him, and he's my age, right? But I think, generally yeah. speaking, well, certainly in my time in offices, I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're never fucking. I mean, even back in when I started working in the late nineties, the idea that you'd call any woman. I mean, admittedly, I was working in a very liberal environment. I was working in the media in London. It's quite a liberal environment, so it it's is, it's not fair, yeah. it's not really. I can't really use it as a as an example that that was, you know, was a litmus test for the nation as a whole. But I would say it wouldn't have fucking, there was no kind of morning sugar lump. I'd have got a smack even back then. And as for pinching asses, you must be fucking mad. But I think in the 60s and 70s, my dad and his brothers and everyone were just at that. It was just normal. And going back to my mum, my mum is one of these like terrible people who goes, well, I don't see what the problem is. People are too sensitive (laughs) now. It was fun. That's what she says. (laughs) say mum it wasn't fun well I'm saying it was I enjoyed it you can't tell me I miss it and I'm like this I'm the university son going mum I think you were living under what Marx called a state of false consciousness (laughs) shut up (laughs) listen right there is nothing false consciousness about getting pinched on the arse by the geezer from Bort Ledger it was a bit of fun it didn't mean nothing by it and I was flattered. <laughs> I don't get it these days. I get it from bloody Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, I'll tell you I'm that much. Trust me if I'm getting a pinch on the ass from him. <laughs> Mind you, if he fucking tried it, I would clobber him. <laughs> but he's no Terry Ty. Terry Ty was one of the men, one of the smooth talking men what, in my he? mum's office. Yeah. Terry Ty. Terry Ty. That's a great name for a yeah. bletch. Ter- Terry Ty actually tried to give my brother a fiver to fuck off once. Like, literally, you couldn't get, you couldn't get more cliched than that. He goes, why don't you take yourself to the cinema? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Terry Ty. Fucking Dirty great. Bugger. I wonder where he is now. Yeah. I'm Googling I, him. I'm Googling him. Can't like find anything. Dead. Because of yeah. their lifestyle. Died. <laughs> you know what I mean? He died yeah. of fags and whiskey. Yeah, just he, he lived only on fags and whiskey and gravy. <laughs> and he just would have died in like 1992 or something. Sudden but massive I mean, heart attack. Just how he would have wanted to go. 
<laughs> bang out like a light. Yeah, he was on the hard Here's shoulder. The best way. He was on the hard shoulder on the A11 on his way to a sales <laughs> conference in Kings Lynn. Suddenly, his heart just popped. <laughs> bang into a ditch. Happened in moments, apparently. And when they found him, he was in a ditch. He soiled himself, but he had a big smile on his face. God, it's the best way to go, though. Yeah. Maybe not behind the wheel, but yeah. I mean, you know, quickly and without any pain mm. or, or awareness of it. Yes, please. Um, but like getting talking about attitudes at that time, I've been watching Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads, yeah. which has been repeated on the excellent channel That's TV. <laughs> Great name for a channel. Wall to wall repeats. Yeah. A little bit too much Benny Hill for my liking, but okay. it's on the whole, it's a good channel. And, you know, there's, there was an episode the other night where. Um, Bob Rodney Bue's character has got a secretary, yeah, and he talks about um, uh, having a little um, tete-a-tete with her in the uh, in the stationery cupboard. Yeah, Bob is just—it's sort of like an open secret that yeah, Bob yeah. always sneaks off at the Christmas party and gets off with another woman, even though his wife's there, yeah, and yeah. she sort of is aware of it, yeah. and she's kind of annoyed, but she's just annoyed. It's not she, like she deals with it. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. If I was with my wife and, like, she knew that every year we went to a party together and every year there was one particular girl I snuck off to a side room with and got <laughs> off with, she wouldn't be like, oh, you wouldn't be here now. And Sam, and make sure that this year you don't sneak off with what's-her-name for a cheeky star. I've had enough of that. It would be like, I'm cutting your cock off, right? And um, I'm going to watch you... Like ble- bleed out, you will bleed to death, and that that will that's only where the pain begins, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, that's the like, hors bit. That's the nice bit. That's the amuse bouche, <laughs> right? It's like, but that just seems to be the way things were. Yeah, um, yeah but just... I, I would say that you're right that the Lightly Lads is is, although it's like very funny, I do think that it's like. What's what makes it extra special, likely lads, is that you really the way it's written is you really do get a, a sort of an authentic what feels like a really authentic insight to like a bit of social yeah. history from it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know that uh, it sounds a bit pretentious, but I really think that when you watch it, you're not mm. just watching a comedy. You really feel like you're getting really like, oh, this is how this th- it creates an atmosphere, doesn't it? That you think is yeah. re- is real. Yeah. You look at the other the other big sitcoms of the seventies, which were kind of like um, Clement and Lafreniere did Porridge, mm. and the, of course Steptoe and Son was the other big one. But they were both kind of in other worlds, almost self-contained yeah. worlds, a prison. Yeah, and yeah. you know there was no social commentary really in Steptoe and Son because it was just them who just stuck in that fucking yeah. scrapyard. Yeah. They were in their own self-contained yeah, yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so yeah, likely lads, and there is some some stuff in there, and it does a lot of the stuff on that that TV channel has little warning at the beginning um some of the <laughs> content in this program was contains attitudes which were you know, relevant at the time which are no longer acceptable warning if you're one of these fucking young like woke if you're one of the woke brigade then yo keep, with all the keep face walking. paint on and that nothing to, nothing to see here keep fucking walking because <laughs> there's something that used to exist back in the 70s called a yeah. sense of fucking humour that, you, that no longer exists. So you probably want to switch over. <laughs> what, shall we on the fucking BBC? <laughs> yeah. 
So, what, what, what were you? Oh, yeah, 1970s and, and sexism and attitudes and all that kind of thing. But um, I think I've got the bit here where he just say hello, sugar lump, as she walks into the office. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is just, uh, <laughs> here we go. Morning, sugar lump. Please yourself. Please yourself. Please yourself. Please yourself. Such a fucking great old-fashioned phrase, isn't it? He's got his mouth like slightly agape as well. Like he's expecting some kind of like cheeky comment back, and she just gives him nothing. Yeah. She just walks he's past like, him. Now I'm starting to wonder what the point of coming into this place is. <laughs> Roll on five o'clock. <laughs> Roll on five o'clock. He says. <laughs> Two minutes past nine. <laughs> that was the day I knew I had to leave the Lloyd's TSB call centre, Sam. I was mm. looking at me my computer, I was on the phones, and it was two minutes past nine. And I thought, fuck oh, me, this is yeah. just the worst. That 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 is the worst. I'm two sure everyone listening has got experience of that. Like, I remember having that when I worked in a call centre, and like I just associated every little job I'd done when I was younger, you know, like, bits and bobs your days here and there mm. um working in offices or whatever and um and I was just I was a fucking clock watcher and I I remember thinking I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fucking ever work like because I get deeply <laughs> yeah. miserable and depressed by being in this environment and watching the clock. It's that, like you say, like from the first minute to the last, and it felt like years and years. And then the first time I got a job that I actually enjoyed, I came back and I remember so I was still living with my mum at the time and uh, she was in the early stages of her romantic relationship with Rumpelstiltskin. Ooh. And he was there fucking lurking up, waiting for his omelette, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my omelette? I remember him. He'd always be sitting, I'd come in from work and he'd be there with his fucking feet up on the sofa and his sandals, right, no socks, his horrible old feet. And I'd come in and I'd, my heart would say, I think that cunt's here again. And I'd be like, oh, hello. Oh, you you just, you going out? No, no, your mother's just making me a cheese omelette. Oh, of course she fucking is. <laughs> i got a question. I've got a question. Yeah. How, how did they meet? Haven't I told you that? It's fucking amazing. I'm not sure she, you have. Or have you? He, he was he was the fucking dad of one of my best mates. Oh, you have. You have, yeah, that's yeah. right. You have. That's what made it matter. Like, I yeah. knew him. I probably knew him better than my mum in some ways because, like, he was, like, his son was, like, one of my absolute best yeah. mates throughout my whole childhood and teens. And we were, like, always hung out and I was always around his house. And he's... And his dad was sort of known for, and his mum was, his mum passed away um, when he was like 16 or whatever. Mm. And, but his dad was known to be a, let's say an eccentric character. Right. You know, you you know, like certain people amongst your mates have a dad that's like got a legend around him. Yeah. And he had a legend around him for just being fucking pretty weird. And then, Yeah. Then one night I fucking come home and he's and he's at my house. Waiting for an and I go, What's, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm taking your mother out for a drink. I was like, You fucking <laughs> don't get any fucking ideas, you weird cunt. But he did have ideas. Fucking and he hell. successfully executed them as well, to be fair. Yeah. Anyway, still does to was- this very dear. Jalapeno. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jalapeño. He was there with his, waiting for his fucking cheese omelette. And, and my mum came in and said, how was your day? How was your first day? And I went, it was really good. And she went, really? And I, yeah, it went really quickly. And I remember Rumble Silson going, "Is that your only? Is that the only thing you've got to say about it?" And I went, "Well, yeah." I said, "That's how I sort of assess it." I like wasn't really looking at the clock. I started, and next thing I know, it was over. And he went, hey, "It's not a, it's not a sentence, you know." Like, and I said, "No, I think that's a good measure of a job." Yeah. And I sort of still do, to be honest. Oh yeah. If you're working in a job where the day goes quickly, then it must be a decent job. Yeah, definitely. Don't don't feel duty bound to stick with a job that's a load of shit I mean I left that call centre job and I took a job in Sunderland Central Library in the city yeah, centre nice. Cause it, and it yeah. was a thousand a, a pound a year pay cut I went down from twelve and a half to eleven and a half grand a year wow. big time yeah. 2004 but fuck me the stress of being Working in a, in a call library centre, my, my, my a wife library. worked in a library when she was younger funnily enough she was talking about it today because she was saying how it was a nice place to work because mm. you had conversations with everyone who came in to take a book out. You'd always have yeah. a little chat to some yeah, exactly. about the book or what they were looking you're for. You're still doing customer service, but you're not relentlessly taking calls from people who want to know why the fucking money hasn't gone yeah. into the bank account. Or the other one I did, which was direct inquiries, where people oh, want yeah. to know the fucking number for the local Chinese takeaway. They can't you want the number the four? Yeah. Hold up. Hang on. Fuck wait me. there. <clears throat> well, I'd t- I'd t- no, you will have to wait because I'm going through the directory. Which is, by the way, what you could have fucking done and saved us all a bit of ball ache. But anyway, it's wait in, there. It's under the stairs. It's under the stairs <laughs> under all them pa- fucking carrier bags you collect. What do you do that for? It take take you a couple of minutes. It's it's not fucking cheap calling one nine two either. That's like funny no, enough. The mate, the mate who is the son of Rumpelstiltskin was the same mate who I told you about, who kept <laughs> who I lived with for a while in Brighton. And he kept he went to live with his girlfriend, but he kept sneaking back into the house oh, when we right, were out yeah. and nicking the milk, right? Oh. And but then also the other thing is he'd come, he'd steal the milk, but the other thing he'd do is while he was there is he'd call director inquiries, but fucking loads oh, of times. Oh, he said yeah, yeah. And we go this fucking bill one nine two one nine two. Someone's coming in in the daytime when we're not around and calling one nine two about a hundred times, and it's costing a fucking fortune. And he's done that look on his face, one nine two, pretending he doesn't know what one nine two is. What's that then? We, yeah. we still use that like the rest of us. I was at my <laughs> mates last night, and we still use that as a sort of a code for I'm bullshitting you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a code now for bullshit. You just go one nine two. What is one nine two? Excellent. He so, was probably he was probably talking to you, mate. 
What was this? 1996, 97? No, you were at our price by then. It was two... What year was... 9-11 9-11 was that 2001 2001 yeah. yeah it was then oh yeah we've talked about that because people get really you know yeah we, we were told <laughs> it's we were 9-11 what am I going to do well I don't know I mean I could give you the number of a therapist I suppose <laughs> I've got the number of the American embassy here they might be able to guide you I don't know <laughs> <clears throat> fucking hell so yeah then we see the um, the reception of this office building which looks a bit like office buildings look. Now there's a receptionist on the desk. There's a couple of lifts. There's a staircase. And people showing their passes as they come in. But it all looks just so much more beautiful than they do now. They all look so drab now. But this is all like... It's beautiful you know, stuff, yeah. Detailing on the staircase and everything. And the flooring is bright and colourful. And it's beautiful. It's yeah, very much of its time. Everything just became... Like, that's the other thing. Everything's generic now, isn't it's green it? Korean chrome, isn't it, everywhere? Yeah, because everything has to be generic because that makes more uh, economic sense, I guess. I don't know. I suppose this was but, generic at the time, but it just looked better. It looks more like the Yeah, there's colour. There's colour. Yeah. There's texture. There's, there's colour. There's colour, and it's brown. <laughs> yeah, and with a bit of orange. <laughs> a little bit of orange. A dash of orange, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you've got all these people coming into work about to meet their doom, I guess. Because it's so fucking dangerous in there. A woman goes into the office and she puts a bag down next to a heater. Well, that's going to catch fire. Because all the bags were made of plastic, I think, back then, weren't they? Um, <clears throat> and what else happens after that? Um, we see George, the postman, who delivers the post on a trolley. There's a woman who asks if there's anything for her today. Um, but then there's a little bit of an incident. Um, George drops some mail off of his trolley. It all seems perfectly innocent. But at the same time, there's another woman who's running in late and it's ten past nine. And uh, the commissioner makes sure that she shows uh, her pass, which annoys her because she's wasted a few more seconds. The lift isn't working. She's doing that thing of pressing the button repeatedly, which, of course, as you know, makes a lift come faster. Mm. Uh, but, it does, uh, but that's... the problem is it also burns out the batteries of the lift. <laughs> Have you, we've yeah. talked about this before. Have you ever... Did you ever, as a kid, this happened to me on numerous occasions and it used to fuck me off and in the end I snapped at someone. When I was a kid, I'd stand at the lights at the Pelican Crossing and Mm. I'd push the button and Mm. I'd push it a lot. Yeah. Because in my mind, did I think that would make the green man come sooner? Maybe. But more than that, I was probably just bored because it's fucking Mm. boring waiting to cross the road, isn't it? You're on your way somewhere. Mm. You've got things to do, people to see, and standing, waiting for the lights to change is fucking boring. So the way to make that more interesting is you stand there, you go, press, 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 press. <clears throat> we talked well, before course. about how pressing buttons is amazing. The, well, this Isn't is it. it? So I was going to say that it was the early 1980s. This was before the days of the video recorder when we had access to pressing buttons pretty much around All the, the time. There, there weren't pressing many buttons Pressing a button at then home. was a, a treat. Well, the, oh, we many. used to go to the science museum... And still now, I say to my kids, you know, if we go, like, let's go to the museums, so I go, obviously go to the science museum, because there's all three all together, you know. And they go, why? It's the one with the fucking buttons. When you're a kid, all the you don't really want to go. Yeah. They go, because next to it is the fucking V&A. Well, that's all about fashion and stuff like that. So Clothes when you're a kid, shit, you're like, that's yeah. shit, load of dresses, right? And then there's the natural history next to that, and that's quite because it's got the big fucking dinosaur skeleton, right? But even then, yeah. you've worked out that's fake. So that's a, you're like, well, that's annoying. 
But the science museum, there's fucking buttons. So you're only interested in going to the one with buttons. When you were a kid, yeah. but in the 80s, your fucking whole thing was, how can I access buttons? Every day, that's what you'd wake up and think. And the most easily accessible <laughs> free-to-use button was at the Pelican Crossing. Of course. And I'd press it, press it, and- press it, press it, and there'd always be some fucking busybody Lampard cunt Right, and I don't think there's as many of them around on the streets now, but I don't know, I'm not a kid. I'm going to ask my kids. Because when I was a kid, there was an interfering cunt who'd come up and tell me off about fucking everything I was doing. When I was just samming about, my mum was not even doing anything particularly antisocial. Some yeah, people went out doing something, and thought, yeah. I'm going to hassle kids today. That's what they like doing. And they would press, 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 stop pressing it. Who the fuck are you? Stop pressing that button. Right? And be like, why? Because you'll wear it out. You're just supposed to press it once. Fuck yeah. off, wear it out. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, the the, the king of that archetype was yeah. Paddington's next door neighbour, Mr. Curry. <laughs> Who always used to fucking complain about what Paddington was up to. Yeah. Don't you fucking used to mind refer, your own business? He used to refer to Paddington as Bear. Do you remember? Bear! Yeah, what are you doing in the garden now? Are you starting a fire, that's, bear? That, that's racist. He should have said, I've got a fucking name, cunt. It's yeah. Paddington. If you want to fucking talk to me, use my dead. name or fuck off. Because let's not forget, I am a fucking bear. And although I'm quite personable because I've been raised by this posh family, if you push me, I will jump over that fucking back fence and I will fucking gnaw your face <laughs> off, mate. <laughs> I am quite a timid bear on the whole. Mm. But, but I still have bare instincts. Be... They're latent, but they can be stirred up. <laughs> yeah, by cunts. <laughs> but what would you do if you were walking past the Pelican Crossing and you didn't even need to cross the road? What would you do? I'd press it. You'd press the fucking button it. anyway, wouldn't you? Of course you would. And people go, don't do that. Then the lights will change and and the cars will stop unnecessarily. I don't. First of yeah. all, I don't actually believe that's true. In fact, I'm of the opinion that these buttons are placebos, Right. I don't believe that the buttons some dictate are. the lights. Some of them are. I don't yeah. believe that the, the the authorities would allow the flow of traffic to be in the hands of any random member of the public. That wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Right? You can't say, well, we're going to have... A, we're, obviously, we have to... They, You know, the town planners and all the rest of it, right? The civic engineers, they're there planning town layouts... Like, they do degrees for fucking 10 years to work mm. out how to organise a town and the traffic flow in a town, right? They're not going to go, yeah, don't worry about that. We'll just put some buttons and let members of the public decide arbitrarily when the pu- when the traffic well, stops exactly. and starts. That, that, that's that, bullshit. You can't do you've got, that. Yeah. No, they're, they're just there for reassurance. Yeah. They're there for their you've insurance. Pre, they're there. pre-programmed sets of lights and everything on roundabouts it, or... It, it, in a way, it's a stuff. mental health service. It's for people's yeah. anxiety. <clears throat> it's like... It's like smoking a fag. If you're too young to start smoking fags yet, you go and press the button, don't you? It's just something to do. do, to fidget. It's like they didn't have fidget spinners then. And But then some cunt comes up to you and goes, don't press it because then you'll make the traffic stop unnecessarily. And you're like, first of all, fucking hell, pull the other one, mate. If you think that's true and I'm supposed to be the kid and you're the adult, then we are in a fucking dire situation. Second of all, even if it were true... Who gives a fuck so if fuck. the traffic has yeah. to stop for a minute? What came Fuck first, man traffic. or car? What exactly. came first? 
Exactly. Fuck those cunts in their cars, right? If they have to stop at a red light for a fucking minute, well, then, you know, what? what's the worst that can happen? Fuck off. Leave me alone. I've got enough shit going on in my life. Okay. That's what I said when I was a kid. Yeah, which was true. I didn't say it. I just thought it. Yeah. I'd, I'd actually jump out of my skin when they told me off. And then I'd scuttle away. away. Crying at cry a bush. Yeah. Yeah. Mother, oh. the man at the light shouted at me again. <laughs> Have you been pressing that button again? Yes, I couldn't help it. He was I right to shout told at you. you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some special gloves for you to stop your pressing finger working. <laughs> I send you out in oven gloves. Let's <laughs> see so you press the button then. Please don't, mother. I love to press the button so much. It's so shiny. <laughs> No, and if any of those uh, if any of those horrible old Nazi men come and tell you off for it, I'll back them <laughs> all the way to the High Court. I'll back them to Strasbourg if I have to. <laughs> uh, we gotta leave it there because we've both got other engagements, and also we're doing yeah. two episodes of this today, so you just get what Good you get. Break. Um, yeah, a bit more of this later on today. Um, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.